0: Our doubts, William Shakespeare once wrote, are traitors. Well, I didn't need to say William Shakespeare. You guys you guys knew who I was talking about when I said Shakespeare. You weren't thinking, oh, is he referring to Corbin Shakespeare? All right, let's just go with Shakespeare. Shakespeare once wrote, our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win. It's true. Self-doubt is a heavy beast to wrestle with. And the thing is, there are different species of self-doubt that are lurking out there. For example, for many artists, it's easy for them to get in their heads because the work that they're producing may not be in step with what's in fashion. And that can be confusing. And I say confusing because it can sometimes make an artist wonder if they should modify what they're doing because it seems like an easier path to acceptance by the masses. But what if the masses are wrong? And that modification is a betrayal of one's own artistic aesthetic. Well, that could be a problem. So, what do you do? Do you stick to what feels right? Or do you tailor your work to be more accessible, even though that might not feel as right? And in doing that, are you compromising your own vision for some kind of phantom acceptance? And is there a way to combine them so that your signature style isn't compromised and it still falls in step with what's popular? Well, the answers to those questions are yes, probably not, yes, and I don't know. Look, I've struggled with this myself. My novel, The Heart Goes Boom, that was my attempt at commercialism. I thought for sure I had written a mainstream book. But it turns out I hadn't. Not even close and you know what it didn't really bother me and i think that's what this conversation is about today create for yourself and if people want to come to the party awesome there's more than enough room for them and if they don't well that just means there's more room for you i'm alex green and this is stereo embers the podcast
1: check this out Could you be satisfied living your life
0: of my guest today on the program, Gregory Ackerman. Let me tell you a little bit about Gregory Ackerman. The California-born singer-songwriter Gregory Ackerman's marvelous new album, Still Waiting Still, is shimmering with delicacy and strength. Buoyed by shadowy backbeats, sneaky melodies, and Ackerman's inimitable and unforgettable delivery, sonically, Still Waiting Still falls somewhere between the work of Nick Drake and Elliott Smith. The album is as breezy as it is riveting. It's a brilliant meditation on the quotidian life and its daily comforts and disruptions. Ackerman's work is intimate and confiding, and it's played with the kind of commanding interior strength that gives it an instantly timeless quality. It's a rich and seamless collection of woebegone West Coast loneliness That perfectly contrasts the sunrises and sunsets of Southern California with the corresponding highs and lows of the human heart. Woven through the waves of subtlety, the quietly rushing choruses, and the harmonic intricacy is a true sense of optimism. Things will get dark, sure, but that darkness will lift. And let's face it, we live for that lifting. This is a great conversation. Gregory is a sweet and thoughtful guy. And just a few minutes in, he felt like an old friend. He really did. I hope it feels that way to you as well. So enjoy this conversation with me and Gregory Ackerman right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast.
2: I just played a show last night, um, which was fun. Uh, it was, I've been like going through like a personal music crisis again lately, as like the world's opening up again, like getting used to playing music live again. Um, and like, will continually like second guess myself and my abilities. But last night, went fantastic and like the crowd loved it. Um, it was a really strange bill. Like I didn't really fit in with the other acts, but it was perfect that way. Cause people were in the audience to see more, more like pop, um, more like electro pop, but then I go up with my guitar, just me and my voice and, and like one, this audience over, it, it was, it was fantastic. Um, and That like revitalized me and like brought like this joy that I've been searching for. Why I originally started music was just because it made me so happy and made me so joyous um, to be able to create something so unique um, and to be able to express myself individually. And along the way, sometimes you just forget about that and you get worried about what other people think or. You worried about if your song is going to make it on Spotify playlists or make it into blogs or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you just get, that can really bog you down sometimes. It can really bog me down sometimes. Um, so to be able to play a show like that, just on a Tuesday night, you know, just nice and easy. But just the feeling of, and having people come up to you after the show and tell you. That they really like your music. They really like, uh, your lyrics, how you're, how you write, how I write. It's, um, yeah, it was just so nice to hear that again and to be reminded
0: of that. <laughs> well, I mean, there is a lot to like, so, I mean, it, it, well, comes as no, appreciate that. it comes as no surprise to me to hear someone say that, but I, I, I do appreciate the fact that you are so open with the idea of doubting your abilities because, um, yeah, you know, because sometimes, especially when I was a kid, like it never occurred to me that Freddie Mercury or Robert Plant would ever have self-doubt, but I'm sure they did. You know, sure. um, I think every artist does. Can you talk a little bit about what you mean about that and how is that an ongoing struggle for you?
2: It it absolutely is for me. Um, I'm just in general, I'm just a very, I'm one of those persons who's just hard on himself um, and like is like demanding perfection from myself which is just something you can never achieve um it's like an abstract um unachievable goal to be perfect because i don't even know what that means it's just something that's not happening now um so i i've gotten a lot better i like work on it constantly now these days um but especially when i was first starting off i was just very I didn't have as much confidence. I love my music and I loved being able to write music, but I normally did it like recorded in my room. Um, I kept it to myself, uh, it was is very personal thing for me. So I had a hard time sharing it with the world because I'm more of a like a quieter person or more of a reserved person. So my music does the job of really sharing like my true Feelings, my true thoughts. Um, so it was scary at first um, sharing that with the world and being open and vulnerable. And I think that's so important in life in general these days is just to be as open as you can with people. Um, and especially if you're an artist and especially if you're a creator. Um, but yeah, it gets difficult. It still gets difficult. These, these past few days, I was just getting depressed. And like I said before the show, I was getting all um just questioning my abilities and who i was a, as an artist and if i should continue making music there's there's just so much music so much content out there these days which is fantastic but you you start to think will i just get lost in the sea of people um and you, you just i don't know you just do whatever you can to stand out and i think I think what really helps is just being open and honest with people and and connecting with other artists that way, um, and other people who are music lovers like yourself and and just being able to talk about this um, rather than holding it in because that'll just block you up and can't get anything done when you're all blocked up emotionally
0: right. <laughs> it's almost impossible. And I mean, yeah. and the the sort of the weird thing is is that, you might write a song that does exactly what you want it to do. In other words, you could write that song and feel unhittable that evening that you finish it. Like, I just did it. I just wrote the song. That's not, but then that's one thing. And then how that song is consumed by everybody else outside of your bedroom door is a whole other thing, right? That's a whole other thing to worry about.
2: Yeah, and that's that's hard for me, actually, is, my music for me has always been extremely therapeutic i will release any emotions i'm holding in through my music through my lyrics um and it's such a intense moment when i create a new song i get so excited every new song i make is like oh this is it <laughs> this is the best one right um, and then and then you go into recording studio you record it and then you get it mixed you get it mastered, you push it through all these different channels and. By that time you. You like lose that original connection almost until you can find it again by like diving back into it and like re going back to that headspace that you were in when you wrote that song but. It it is difficult for me. There's always a difficult process of, from when I wrote the song to when I'm releasing the song, I feel like a new person by the time the release comes around from when I wrote it. Um, But it is good because it always helps me look back on my life as to when I wrote that song and realize that I've come a long way from when uh, I lost your audio there. So I'll uh, just get on the phone call. I just, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, that process is, is long. And um, yeah, it's it's getting better for me. But originally, I, once I write and record a song, I just like, want to put it out immediately. But it's I think it's better to sit with it and to realize everything that you're going through.
0: To be honest, I mean, what you're describing to me sounds like the process is working. Do you know what I mean like when I when I look at my my work mm-hmm. I'm a writer I'm I'm really I mean I studied poetry in grad school and so that was really always my thing right. when I look at the yeah. old poems I recognize them as as having done what I wanted them to do but the new stuff is always more exciting to me and I think that that sure. means the process is working because it means that you're progressing I think that's actually right I think I think it all checks yeah.
2: Absolutely um yeah, and you can tell that that song or that poem or whatever that you made helped you. Like, right. you can look back and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> like, that all made it come together. And like, oh, that lyric like really connected with me at that time. And I look back and it's like, I'm just this new artist now or this new person um, that's grown so much from that song.
0: Um, yeah, and and that song that you wrote, you know, before you wrote the new one is what mm-hmm. helped what is part of what forged the path to get Absolutely. you right.
2: Yeah. Um and there's so many songs along the way too that I just never record that. I'll just like record on my phone or something and I'll never return to or it'll just be like a little one minute song I'll record one day and I won't put it on a studio album. But it the thing I did with that song just helped me on the path along to where like these new great songs come out of, even if it's a bad song, you just like keep writing all the time. And then it always is pushing you forward no matter what.
0: Yeah. And I think you're right. I think you're hundred percent. Right. And, and frankly, you know, I, I don't sell books the way JK Rowling. Well, I don't know if she's, I don't know if she's cool anymore, given her recent <laughs> comments, but she sold a lot of books right. when, when she was, I mean, I, sure. I, you know, for me, it's like my audience is so small um but incredibly kind and devoted so my feeling is like yeah. even if your work does get lost let's just say it does get lost sure. in the masses because the masses there's a lot but if you carve out this really strong core audience that that seems like a fair trade
2: I agree and i feel the same way at least, at least for the time being like i'm i'm the same way I don't have like much like crazy cd sales or um like I don't have crazy streaming numbers or like I don't sell out shows all the time, but it's those people that reach out to you, who do connect with your music, and who do come to your shows, and who are impacted by your your creation. That's like okay, okay. like this is just another way. Everyone has a way to connect with humanity, and for me, it's music. Um, and it, I'm, I just feel lucky to be able to do that um, and to be able to communicate with people that way. Because sometimes it's just hard to talk to people and you just want to listen to a song and that helps more
0: than words. I, I completely agree with you and I, and I know what you mean like there there are times where I would look at the poetry in The New Yorker and I would go, well, I'm my work is clearly out of step with this, it's, it's never going to be in there. But it but it didn't make me think that my work was awful. It just made me think that it was that it was out of step with what was popular. But yeah. I've always been mistrustful of things that are popular anyway. So I it, guess yeah. it all is normal.
2: It's it's funny that you bring that up because there is always there's like this tendency within me to to have like a rebellious nature and to like distrust the mainstream and like whatever's mainstream is like, oh, that's not cool. But then it's me all so fighting to like be heard and to like be recognized um so it's it's this weird like dichotomy and i'm realizing more and more that i think i like want to be more like a like a niche artist that like people like have to find and like um it like takes more to like connect with me rather than just like being a mainstream person and there's nothing wrong with that but it's um i don't know i think it's more like self-awareness that i've been tapping into lately and, you know, who knows where the songs will take you. Maybe a song will blow up one day, but it's fun. It's just fun to create and to do you have any connection, whatever it is.
0: And any of your songs, I think could show up in a commercial in a, yeah. in a, in a show on Netflix. I mean, if you, I feel like if your stuff got placed, people would discover you and fall in love with you on on a really big scale because i i just think your stuff is outstanding and i think no one sounds like you you're, you're what you do is so singular and so unique and special um that i think i think that it wouldn't be hard to to get a pretty big audience
2: i appreciate that i you know i mean i always feel the same way <laughs> i feel strongly yeah. about my music um but you know there's the realization that it hasn't been at least recognized that much Lately, I think people are getting getting there, um, but yeah. I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens with it. But I do feel like my music could be ripe for like a random commercial people would be like, Oh, who's that guy?
0: <laughs> yeah. Who's that guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. Um, so yeah, you know, you never know. I mean, this business is very up and down in general where you're on the road one day and then the pandemic hits the next day. And, uh life is put on hold you just keep creating music wherever and whenever you can
0: yeah and i think that you know it's interesting because when i grew up i'm older than you but when i grew up it was sort of like you want to get your song on the radio and now you know if you can get your song in an apple commercial i mean like i don't think most americans would have known who feist was if it wasn't for that apple commercial that she did and good for her because people should know who she is because she's phenomenal but you know that was the gateway and so mm-hmm. you think like that that's the new way of doing things. there's there's certainly no shame in that, but um, I like hearing that you that you think your music's good. I like you that you know yeah. like, hey, I've done something good here. so your your self-doubt really doesn't come from your proclivity as an artist. It's about am I doing something that can be um consumed by by a larger by a larger group of people?
2: Yeah, which. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It's. I like start doubting myself when I. I release a song that I think is good, but it doesn't necessarily get the attention that I think it should receive. Um, so then I'll start second guessing and be like, Oh, okay, maybe I don't know what good music is. Maybe I don't. Like, know what people like. Maybe I don't know what I like. Like you start guessing, you start second guessing all this stuff. Right. But the bottom line is, when I created that song, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is it. Like people are gonna love this track. Like, I can't wait to record this." Every time, every time I write a song, it's such an enjoyment. It's, it pumps me up so much. But then, yeah, it, it gets it, it gets into caring what people think. Um, which is something I struggled with for a long time. I still will struggle with it, but I'm I'm getting better about being like I I was listening to the song today, uh, Ricky Nelson. uh, I can't please everyone. You got to please yourself. Like it really is true, especially when it comes to music. You just got to make yourself happy. You got to write what you want to write and what's true to you. And what's what's your truth. You got to hear it all the time. You got to speak your truth. You got to sing your truth and um, express your own unique voice and that's how people relate because you can't just start chasing like random, random ideas, random fairy tales that aren't yourself. You gotta, you gotta write about what you know and how you feel.
0: As an artist, you're also chasing your own satisfaction and happiness, right? Because, you know, happiness and satisfaction are not permanent states. Like you can't, like I always say, like if, if I meet someone and they're like, I'm just happy all the time. I'm like, I don't want to know you because I think that you're, you're crazy, might be crazy. <laughs> right? Like, first of all, either you're a liar or you're yeah. crazy. And I mean, Forever. I want someone who knows what it feels like to be sad because otherwise, how do you yeah. recognize happiness? You can't, right? So, yeah, I was, you know.
2: I was thinking about that today. Um, I just like had the thought that like, Life is incredibly sad but at the same time there's just so much beauty in it and I think that the beauty comes from the recognition of how difficult life can get and can be and that makes you appreciate everything every good thing that comes along your path because you're like oh this isn't shitty today like this is a good thing right and i have to appreciate this like fleeting moment because life is full of hardships and the will continue to be like it's you don't you don't get happy one day and then it's like oh i'm happy the rest of my life it's like oh i'm feeling good this evening and then like maybe tomorrow i'll wake up and like get in a car accident i don't know you never know what's gonna happen um so yeah i i think the understanding and the understanding that life is difficult and going through difficult times makes it so much better when you have something good or when you're writing something good or experiencing feeling good in the time
0: yeah and as an artist you have this tacit agreement with the universe that you never get to cross the finish line or spike the football (laughs) or stop the clock because as soon as you write a song that blows your mind i guarantee you're going to try to write another one 10 minutes later oh yeah Right. (laughs)
2: Okay, that one was pretty good. Well, what else could
0: I (laughs) right? Right. Let's see how far I can take this. I mean, that's sort of like so you're so you're chasing something that you know you're never gonna catch. And so that's that's the agreement as an artist, right? I mean, yeah, I've done it, you've done it, the Beatles did it, right? I mean, it's like (laughs) Mark Twain did it, uh, you know, Picasso did it. They all do it. And um, and it's kind of like I remember when I was in college, I heard Valoria by the Pixies. And I thought, I remember I said to my friend, I was like, if I wrote this song, I would just go, well, I'm done. No one can, this doesn't get any better. But, (laughs) but they kept going, right? Like it didn't stop. And so, you know, so, so knowing that, how does that make you feel? Does that, is that exciting to you? Is that daunting? Is that something you're willing to accept?
1: Hmm.
2: You know, I, I think it's, I think it's all those things. Like at, at every moment of the day, it's just constantly, I don't know, you, there's definitely acceptance and <laughs> like the hardships of life. Um, I don't know, but it's always, there's always like an undercurrent of it being daunting and that like this song could be the last song right or something like that. Like, oh, I wrote this one. Like, if I haven't written a song for a while, if it's been like a couple weeks and I haven't written a song, I'm like, well, crap, did I just write the last song I'll ever write? Like, <laughs> I know what you mean. This, I know. Like, like, am I done? Like, is my creative, my creative juices are just stopped flowing or something like that. Um and that actually like does does happen to me kind of frequently that I'll just be like, oh God, like I don't know. I don't know. And then once i accept that feeling of insecurity it's normally fear it's just like oh i'm afraid i will lose my talent or something once i accept okay i'm afraid right now i'm afraid i'm gonna lose this ability then it's just kind of like you're starting over again um, mm-hmm. and you pick up your guitar and you're like playing an old song and then you like hit a wrong note and you're like whoa oh, (laughs) that was a cool chord, and like start writing uh, a killer song. You're like, okay, then this one's the hit, and like, you just keep going. It's, yeah, it's just so much ebbs and flows, and I'm, I'm getting, yeah, I'm just getting better about dealing with those ebbs, with those down times um, where you do second-guess yourself, and you do get, uh, depressed and, and sad and you can't book a show for a month or something no one's responding to you and then you start writing this a good song and then it it's all starts coming together someone reaches out and they're like hey we want to book you for a show hey we want to interview you it's like it's such a crazy ball game
0: <laughs> i know
2: but it's fun it's that's the part of the fun yeah um that's kind of what makes it exciting I, I don't know but it's i mean you know it's sad too it, it's sometimes you feel desperate and sometimes you feel on top of the world,
0: so yeah, I mean, it would have been easier to have been lawyers, like I think, I think <laughs> yeah. you know I, I mean think about that a lot <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I do too um yeah. I mean not not that that's easy, but it would have been this no, would be no. part of it, the sort of the creative existential crisis, but I think I figured it out because I've told I was in this restaurant waiting for my food and I started writing, and I wrote one yeah. of the best things I've ever written, yeah. while I was waiting for food and then I was afraid to write again because I was like I just ran (laughs) the bar right I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to go I think you almost know it's going to be harder work and you've raised the standard and I think sometimes like every song that you've written has been a progression right like it's you just get more refined so I think you're right I do I do think fear is a part of it and I think you also realize you can't you can't just do what you used to do because now there's a new standard. There's a new way of looking at something, yeah. right? So you can't, you, you can't be Gregory Ackerman of a year ago or even of a week ago because now you know what you're capable of. You can't go back. So that's where it gets it gets intense.
2: Yeah, which, yeah, that's so funny. You're, you're, every song I write, and I'm sure every poem you write, it's like you're, I'm constantly raising the bar for myself. Yes. I'm constantly trying to push this this whole music thing further and further, trying to write a better and better song. And it's difficult because once you write that song, you're like, okay, that one's, that's it. And then you're like, okay, but I gotta write a better one. Like I gotta keep writing music. Like I gotta keep having people listen to my stuff. Um, So yeah, it's, it's such a funny thing that you are always making something that you think is fantastic until it's finished (laughs) right and then you go on to the next thing and you're like okay i don't it's just it's just never ending really
0: no but again i think I i think it's working because i i think that actually that everything you're saying i've experienced and i think it means that everything is normal because what that does when you feel you're getting better and better it just means you can't do the shit that you used to do right yeah. that allowed you to get through a song whether it's like uh, a reflex that you had where you knew you could do something kind of easily like, oh i can i could do that there i could write a lyric right that i could write a melody like that totally. now you can't do that anymore that there's there's like yeah. a whole new way of doing it and that's yeah. why that's where it gets <laughs> intense, i think
2: totally yeah um I totally relate to that there's there was a time like a few years ago, I just like kind of was just using the same chords and like kind of like the same melodies and like was just got stuck for a little bit. Um, But then started listening to different music, different influences and everything started upticking again, which was great. Um, But there, yeah, there are times where you're like, oh, I'm going to stick to what works. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Which, yeah, I mean, that works for some people, but. I really respect artists who are like constantly changing and um, like reinventing themselves, like their sound and um, are never staying stagnant or always, like we're saying this whole conversation, like we're just always pushing forward to something greater, something you're proud of and something that people can connect to.
0: It doesn't have to always work. I mean, Elvis Costello, I think is, you know, he's done, He's done a country album. He's done a punk album, a new wave album, a album with the Brodsky Quartet or something, or with I mean, I mean, and they aren't all good, but it, but no. at least they. I but, mean, a lot of them I don't no. think work at all, but at least they are. He's trying something different, you know. Totally.
2: Yeah, and he's taking risks, and I think that's yeah. another big thing about life is, um, yeah, just like you just can't get stagnant and and like become the statue of a person you just got to be like malleable and just keep on moving and be fluid
0: and that's the danger i think of public acceptance is that they want you to be a yeah, statue yeah. right like they yeah. want you like i made this joke you, i see you wearing a dodgers um uh oh, shirt yeah. and i'm here i'm here in san francisco and i and i made this oh, joke were, yeah. right i said to yeah. a friend of mine i said if you told giants fans that you could see into the future and the Giants are gonna win the next uh-huh. 10 World Series in a row, the games would still all be sold out because people love the fact okay. that they're getting the same thing over and over again. They don't want anything different. And I think that's the danger of where an artist becomes yeah. I would rather feel doubt about my abilities than feel that I had to keep doing the same thing for people.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um yeah, a thought just escaped me when I was listening to that. Um thing. Yeah, I, I I feel like there's this, like part of culture, in general, like our our general society, that um, once you make something that is popular, like you then get branded as that, like, that becomes your brand. And that it's just part of like, our consumer culture It's just that people eat something up that they know is like, reliable and safe that they can return to and like always get that same result. Um, but I don't know, I don't know if that's good. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think I don't, it's good. It's I Apple, B- it's just Applebee's. It's just Applebee's. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's,
1: just,
0: it's the
2: same it's just, thing. Yeah, it's just turns into music as like a strip mall culture. And I. that's not what I want out of our society and our music um, and music in, in general and in the world. Out of the world's music. Like I, I just think it should always be influencing each other. And um, we're always driving towards something better, I hope.
0: Look what happened to Dylan when he plugged in. I mean, he just plugged a guitar in and people freaked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <You know? laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Uh so I don't know. I, I think all artists out there should always take risks and see and see what's
0: happening on the other side. Um, yeah. I think you should always be uncomfortable as an artist totally. too totally um yeah and
2: that's something that held me back in music for a while i would like be scared to perform on stage because i was never comfortable with like what people would could possibly think of me um and there was there was that there was just that fear of being judged good or bad it's just the fear of like being in the spotlight and like being talked about but i was like oh but that is literally, <laughs> like, that's what I need to do. Like, I, I have to be okay with that because in order for me to get recognized, I have to put my music out there. I have to talk to people. I have to be open. And um, yeah, its it can be a really hard thing to do. Um, it, it can be so difficult. And some days are better than others. But yeah, it's... It's always stepping out of your comfort zone, for sure.
0: Right, um, and and also being able to—I remember this. This happened to me in college, where the the radio station I worked for in high school. We had we had a high school radio station, and we were where our antenna was positioned. We actually had Arbitron ratings. We were we were small, but we competed with big stations here in the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I got a lot of attention as a 15, 16, 17 year old DJ. And when I uh-huh. went to college, I had this massive confidence where I would get in front of the microphone and I would just do these bits and it was just right. And I felt so confident and really? I brought this girl in that I had a crush on. I yeah. said, come to my radio show. <laughs> that was like my move, man. Right. I like, couldn't come, <laughs> come to my radio show. Cause I thought that was yeah, where I was right. most Over. confident. That was where I was yeah. like, you couldn't mess with me. And I did a bit and I flipped off the microphone and I turned to her and she goes, that wasn't funny at all right? It took me like five <laughs> years to get over that. Like that, that just, yeah. that threw me off. And then I remember yeah. thinking to myself, like, are you that fragile? And the answer was, yes, <laughs> I am. And yeah. Like, yeah. That was, yeah, that was a totally. really hard lesson for me. It took me a long time. So in terms of when you hear stuff like that, or if you've heard stuff like that, yeah. um, you have to, you have to be able to sort of shoulder that along with the positive stuff. And that's really hard to do.
2: Totally and that's just something you have to accept because not everyone's going to like you or your music um, right like yeah and uh you're going to get batteries I, I i think like the last ep i released um it was like oh like i got a review like this is kind of stale like not as good as the last album or something like that and that like oh like got me, you know yeah um But, and I think, you know, that kind of like, (laughs) I think that's like me spiraling for a little bit of just being like, oh God, like, they're right. You know, like I, maybe I should stop. Uh, But then you write something and you get a good review and you're like, oh, none of that matters anymore. And there's, it's always, it's always taking the good with the bad and understanding, you just have to understand that people aren't going to like your stuff all the time.
0: If that is really painful to hear, it's okay because if it's equally joyous to hear when someone does love it and i think that it's sort of like one is not valid without the other
2: totally absolutely just like we were talking about how with life like it, when things are terrible you appreciate the beauty so much more which is just like reviews when you get a bad review and then you get a great review you're like ah oh. like yes like they understand um and it helps you connect with people who review music and people who like your music, because you're like, oh, you get, like you, like you get what I'm trying to do. And yeah. it it makes you appreciate, like, I appreciate you. And it makes me appreciate people like you who understand my music, but who like my music. And it, it makes me, I don't know, it makes me realize that there are like-minded people out there who can get my music, even when others don't. You
1: good on the Moon above you I'll be shining soon in the moonlight.
0: In terms of your at you as a person and not as an artist, does yeah. the the struggles that you have as an artist did those ever appear in your real life as just a, a person in the world who's not writing songs and just trying to be a friend or a boyfriend or a son or a cousin?
2: Um, absolutely, I I feel like my like self as an artist and myself as a person, like, the past few years were pretty intertwined. Um, with being dominated by by fear i i like really gave into like fear anxiety depression for a while um and it was really hard for me to connect with people in general um and to like make new friends and like i lost some old friends because i was so focused on my music and so like almost like strangling my creativity to like make this work until and i like I just got so afraid of um like the world basically and and other people and uh being afraid of being judged by my music turned into being afraid of being judged by other people i like started getting really anxious in social settings and like going out to parties and like i put too much pressure on myself to like try to network with people and like especially like in la there's so many musicians here um and like you're always trying to meet new people and like um like get in with crowds and like meet cool artists and i like put so much pressure on like trying to like network for the wrong reasons or something um that these days like i'm just so appreciative like any like creative people who i like have a connection with and i really try to like build connections and friendships these days but there yeah there was a time That I just got very down and out. Um, My like, I I went through a really rough time. I uh, like two of my friends from college that I lived with like had committed suicide. Mm. Um, I got really sick. I had like this crazy gut infection at the same time, and this was all within the backdrop of me trying to push my own music. And I equated my music with myself as a person. So if people weren't listening to my music, it's like people weren't listening to me or hearing me out, they were ignoring me or, um, yeah, I just didn't feel heard as a person, um, especially at that time. Um, But the thing was, as hard as that was, it was music that really helped dig me out. this new album, this new album that I'm releasing in September, uh, I started recording um, a week after my second friend had killed himself, um, and it's right when I was about to be hospitalized for my gut infection. Um, but I, that was literally like the only thing that kept me going at that time was recording these, these songs. I knew I just had to do that, like I. I got kind of morbid at that time too. I I thought it, like I had to leave this legacy. I got pretty scared of um I, I thought like I was gonna die. Like especially with that like my infection I was going through. I was just like something's after me, something's after me and my friends. There's like mm. this shadow, this haunted presence like following me around and like we're, we were cursed or something like that. Um so this album became like a necessity, like uh like a lifeline. Um at the time and it it helped me through so much um and like also started going to therapy which was so helpful too because i was like really really down and out and uh, getting so depressed and i was getting scared of myself with how sad i was getting um but yeah that album really helped me through and like it's funny um after that whole process i like i like blacked that part out of my life like I completely forgot about all that until working with my publicist Josh uh recently like and going through the motions of like starting to write about songs again like why did I make them what is what was all this about I was like I don't really know I don't really know why I was recording this album like you know I just wanted to put some songs together and then like really sat with it and realized like all this stuff that was going on Life at the time, and like how hard it was, how that album just helped me through so much, and how it was so difficult to go through that. That, like, once that album was finished recording, I like just like blocked that part of my life out of my mind until I revisited it in like the past few months and then got extremely depressed again because I realized like what I had gone through and that I had blocked it out. It was like, whoa what just happened and like was revisiting all those feelings and was like oh okay i'm still dealing with that so i like had to go through that again and yeah it it was it's crazy just how you don't realize how much your music is helping you sometimes um or whatever you're making your art your your poetry your your creation your your expressiveness um as a human it's so important, I think, and, and and you can forget about it, and you you can dismiss it sometimes, and then you look back and you realize just how how important it was to like get through that day when you wrote it. Like that was, I I don't know. I think this like the, this fast song I wrote was like it helped me get to the point where I could like then go to therapy uh, to like then realize what I had been going through. Like I, it dug me out of some deep holes, some like pits of despair. Like it was, it was, it was amazing. But I didn't realize that at the time. I was just like, oh, gotta record this album. <laughs> like, I gotta do this. <laughs> oh, we're going to the studio again today. Like I feel like shit, like, oh crap. Like, all right, let's do it. And then looking back, it's like that album saved me. It was
0: the, it was this kind of lifeline that you didn't even realize was a lifeline until later, and that mm-hmm. that makes it charged with such importance and it's so profound. I mean, it's it's you know it's not just an album. It's like you know it's much deeper than that. It's it represents yeah. a kind of way to get back into the world.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's this like representation of this man, me just digging himself out of a hole of complete like, um, complete like depression and complete sense of loss with the world. And and, and I, yeah, I just didn't understand anything at all at the moment. And, and the only thing I did understand was music. I knew yeah. I could rely, I could rely on that. That was the only thing I could rely on at the time. Nothing else made sense. Um. So, yeah, that that, music is my my best friend in that that sense, just like will always be there for me. And that's what I do need to remember when I'm like, oh, I won't write a good song again. It's like, well, you can just pick up a guitar and like strum some chords and that'll make you feel better. Like, it it doesn't need to be like the next big hit. You can just like play a Beatles cover real quick and that'll make me feel good
0: music is something i mean matt what a tumultuous time that you're talking about and music your art um is something that you could control you know every everything else you you didn't have a handle on anything else because the world was like spiraling and you you couldn't control it how how can you but you can control your art and i think that 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 represented a kind of stability for you absolutely right yeah
2: yeah um totally uh that was, it was literally like the pillar holding me up. Um, yeah, I was, yeah, my, my brain was just constantly spiraling. And like, if I could string some words together over a melody, that was life to me. That represented existence more than anything else could because my friends had just died and there ex. I didn't, I, I didn't know what it meant, like to be living, to be on this earth. I I didn't realize like humans could just take their own lives. Like that never occurred to me as as a person until that started happening. Um, And I realized how much power humans have and how scary that power can be and how you can use that power in such destructive ways, um, which made me also want to use this power of creation, like with the power of destruction comes opposite the power of creation and anything you can do to destroy, you can do to create as well. And I really just wanted to start making things that would resonate with people And that if I, if God forbid, I would die tomorrow that I could at least leave something that people could still connect to when I'm gone.
0: Did you feel supported by your family um, always throughout your life and also in terms of your musical career? Um, it seems like your parents are supportive supportive people.
2: Yeah, for sure. They are absolutely supportive. Um, but during that time, I, I it was just, I was so um, within my own head. I, w- I was so inside of myself that I didn't really let people in. I, I wasn't really trying to I wasn't really trying to reach out to other people um like even like friends would text me like hey man i hope you're doing okay like and like my mom and dad would constantly checking on me but it, like it was almost like annoying to me because i it, like just represented noise of the outside world at that time and i like couldn't i couldn't really yeah i, I just i couldn't really let people in at that time and that's why music was so important, because it was within me. And I was so, so like caught up in my own feelings at that point that my world kind of, my world turned inward very much so. um, So it became those melodies and those lyrics that helped me go out again and, and helped me realize the outside world's still there and all these people who love me and who care for me were there um but yeah absolutely my parents have been extremely supportive this whole time and i think they probably listen to my music more than anybody that's cool <laughs> they they yeah they love they love the tints which is fantastic um so yeah they, they always want to see my music do well um but yeah for, for a while there it was just it was just I wasn't paying attention to anybody, but my own depression and that, and yeah, and that's how, that's how I got out of it with my music.
0: And now that you've that you've written this album and recorded it, it must represent a kind of freedom. To go somewhere else creatively like you, in other words that song cycle yeah, yeah. those specific things you've i'm not saying that like you're done with that and you'll never think about it again because of course you will and you're not done with it but creatively it does free you up in terms of bandwidth
2: absolutely and um when we were talking about like getting stagnant and wondering if you like you'll create songs again there was a time when i was sitting on this album and didn't know what to do i didn't even want to release it because i was like so it was so it represented such an intense part of my life and to put it out into the world is a big step um because then i have to go and talk to people about this part of my life yeah uh, and i have to like be open with that and i i wasn't really ready to do that for a while um and it di- it did represent so much more than music it was it was it was like this transformation of my own person it was like this cocooning effect that i went into i i like just went so deep inside and Um, I really do think that when I was sitting on this album I I was so blocked up like creatively for a while just because I was still I was still holding that all inside Um, and through the process of releasing these like singles now and getting this album out it's just such a like refreshing rewarding fulfilling experience already of just being able to get that out in public and to talk to people about it and and to be more open and that's just like my my goal these days i, I think i've said it a few times just to be as open as possible um which a year ago about a <laughs> no. would not, not be talking to you about any of this probably um, but yeah, I, I, I think this, this album, not only the recording process helped me through all that. It wasn't just that. It was this whole release process and sitting on the album and then realizing what the album meant when I was recording. It's like this whole like two-year evolution of myself as a person and as an artist and realizing what I want to do with music and realizing who I want to be as a person and 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 just like realizing how far i've come from two years ago and how this whole process it's not done i don't think it will be done until i release this album and even then i'll I'll still be going through stuff as we all do until the end of our days but it's it's yeah this album for sure is just like it's so much more than music to me at this point it's this whole representation of who I am and who I've become and how I've transformed in the past couple of years and how and what I want to do and and who I want to be. It's, it's just, it's it's, encapsulates, encapsulates like everything I can possibly imagine at this point.
0: It's hard for me to imagine, given what you're talking about, it's hard for me to imagine you keeping that stuff inside. Like I would imagine that must've been so corrosive to your mental health, to your, Physical health. I, mean, I do I don't know why you had the gut infection, but it's sort of like what a metaphor.
2: It was a lot of stress, and it was yeah. a lot of depression. It was a lot of things that were just eating away on my insides, literally. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's like it was. It was. I mean, it was almost too perfect that like my gut was in such a bad place that I was hospitalized when I was going through that, and I didn't like even put the two together. I was just like, oh God, another terrible thing happened to me. Not like. Not like, oh yeah, like you're extremely depressed, extremely <laughs> yeah. anxious, and your stomach's in knots all the time. Like, of course this is gonna happen. But I I it was just it was too real, it was too in the moment for me to be able to take a step back at that point.
0: Yeah, like well you like the cause and effect now with perspective is very easy to see. But at the time yeah. when you're when you're in it, it just feels like the universe is fucking with me and I can't Absolutely. make it up. Yeah
2: yeah, I just, and I was just, it just makes you feel like a victim. I was just like constantly like, oh, poor me, like, oh, this is awful. What's all this is happening to me. And that's just never a good mindset to have, especially creatively, because you can't get anything done when you're just wrapped up in yourself in, in negative thoughts. It's just, it's terrible.
0: Was it hard for you? Cause I, I went through this too, where it was, it was difficult because you were talking about how you were at work earlier. yeah. And I remember when I was, when I first got out of graduate school I was teaching tennis and I was trying to write yeah. my first book and I would have to go teach six-year-olds how to play tennis like 10 of them on the at one time
1: sure
0: and I would feel like it was like it was almost like they were vandalizing my time to be an artist or whatever it was it was hard to be yeah. it was a little self-important but it was hard for sure. me to become to become the tennis guy when I wanted to be the writer guy, and I couldn't figure out how those two guys could coexist. Um, is it hard for you to be somebody who's working and also to have that the, the the musical persona, the artistic persona? What happens to that when you are, you know, living your daily life of just trying to trying to survive and and work a job?
2: Yeah, honestly. <laughs> That's. I mean, that's a really good question. At that time, I, I was I was dog walking, um, and I was just I, I would just constantly think about how, like, how like I, I wasn't making a difference or like I wasn't doing anything productive. Um, I was I like I said like I was constantly making myself a victim and being like oh like. I'm like better than this. Like I should be, Like I should like have better jobs or like I should be further in music. Like I was, I would always just like get down on myself about the jobs I've worked. And, and like in general, ever since I graduated college, I've always worked part-time jobs in order to um, follow my passion of music. It's always been, I've always been a part-time guy.
0: I get it. <laughs> but, I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and at certain times, like I'll pick up a couple of part-time jobs, and then I'll realize, like, oh, I'm, this is draining my spirit. I need to have one job and then music. But it's always been something because um, I need money, you know. Because music it doesn't pay what I would like it to at the time, and I need another job to support myself. Um, but it does. It's it's a it's constantly like. Tearing out your soul. You're, co- you're constantly thinking, like, oh God, like one day I'll just be able to work on music all the time. Um, like one day I won't have to give my time to some like over or over- overlord, some like corporate overlord. <laughs> like right. I could just right like, focus on my own music. Um, but even that's a scary thought because like I always start like resenting my jobs. I never stay at jobs for more than like two years. Um So sometimes I do get scared about just being a musician because then, like, I don't want to ever resent music. Um, Uh But I just don't think that, but I I still just, I don't think that's possible. Like, (laughs) I think it's just so ingrained within me that, like, once music is my job, which hopefully that's the case, it's like, that's just not, it's not, it's not a job at that point. It's just me living my life as I want to live it.
0: Were you raised in Los Angeles?
2: I was, yeah, born and raised um, in South Pasadena.
0: South Pasadena, uh, right okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and college
2: for you was where? Uh, Santa Clara, Santa Clara University up in the Bay Area.
0: Okay. So I yeah. I went to St. Mary's and I teach at St. Mary's actually. Oh yeah, okay. So we're, oh. we're supposed to be rivals, but you and I are getting along great. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I think basketball rivals, I think, yeah. I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and, and, and what did you study just out of curiosity? Yeah, I studied art history
2: actually. Um, and I'm currently still in school. Uh, I'm, I'm working towards my master's actually for art history and theory and criticism. And my job that I work at is at a museum. Um, so I've got this like whole other path I'm like setting up for me too in the art world. Um, cause I'm so fascinated by art and, um and mostly i got back into art and like started um getting into this master program because i'm so interested in why artists create what they create yeah. It's like so important to me um in me grappling with all what i've been through in the past few years and like having this crisis of like creating if should i create why should i create like what am i creating for it really helped me to then start looking back in history uh, and you mentioned picasso earlier and like i've written several papers on picasso of just like why these artists felt the need to say something to create something and to continue to look at that um, is so inspiring to me I, I just i just love that side of the human mind is just like people just or some people are born and they're like, yes, I'm making something <laughs> as my life like this is going to be it. I'm a painter. Like, um, But I'm so curious to, as to what led them that decision. And normally it's a lot of hardships and it's a lot of work and it takes so much from these people. Um, so to study that is, it's really inspiring. It, it really helps me with my music. Um, But also it's kind of like a plan b you know (laughs) like right it's it's yeah you know like if 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 music doesn't work out it's like oh cool i got this i'll get this master's degree and i can work in the art world and i can still make music on the side and i i'm constantly trying to interweave these two worlds together um and they play off of each other really nicely i think um
0: oh yeah i mean you you couldn't have picked a better thing to play off of what you do. I mean, and I'm with you. I, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by the artist. And it's almost like, you know, sometimes the language that you speak, like for me, it was always the pen. I would always pick yeah. up a pen. If um, you know, if something felt tragic or needed to be translated emotionally, it was always through the written word. Some people mm-hmm. it's the oboe. Some people it's sure. the paintbrush. Some people it's whatever. And um and i even think it goes further than that i think the plumber does it through plumbing and Absolutely. i think that I the architect right i mean i think that's that's how you make sense of the world and whether even you realize it or not um but you couldn't have chosen a better a better path because it's like the 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 two coexist perfectly yeah
2: yeah um yeah i just think that's a, so interesting and and then you just learn so much about humanity in general, like how our yeah. society is structured, and and uh, you learn so much more than just art. You learn about governments, and you learn about um, suppression of ideas, and uh, you learn about like all this diabolical stuff that's gone on in the world um, throughout history. It's you learn so much about history through the visual, which is so which is so great because I'm a visual learner, so yeah. <laughs> it's perfect for me. Um, But yeah, I've I've also I've also just gotten such a better understanding of how the world works and how people work and how um, trends come and go and how history always is repeating itself and how humans are the same all the time. We just get new technology, new toys, but we think we're better than people fifty years ago for some reason. (laughs) We're all we're all the same. We all still have the same vices, and we all. be terrible but we can also be really great to each other too and um, that's why it's great to look at history because you can really learn from history um so yeah I, i i think it's always important to, as well as creating i think it's very much important to keep uh learning and to always be pushing forward and always learning new stuff um because just with stagnation of creativity, stagnation of the mind is never a good thing. It causes prejudices and your and these ideas of other people to harden. Um, I, I, yeah, the more we can learn about each other as humans and about just each other's lives, I, I think a lot of problems in our society right now is just not listening to each other, and not being open to dialogues and, I don't know. I think it really helps to have an academic mind in that sense of always being curious, um, and always searching for some kind of understanding.
0: Yeah, and I think also, when I think of art history, I also include music, television, theater, because if, uh-huh. you, you, know, if you just watch a sitcom from 1978, yeah. you, you won't, you'll learn a lot about what was going on socially. Um Oh you know, yeah, like, there's
2: always messages. There's always these hidden messages within everything. Yeah. Once the TV gets involved, especially when this mass media starts happening, there's so much like ingrained values being shown through the television set because that was being passed around every television set in America. And it was just these, these subtle values being dropped. And even in like commercials, um, it's just it drop it goes through everything and um. Yeah, art is always such a reflection of society and, and the values and the, what's taboo and all these different things you can just, and through music too, it's, it's just, it's always a representation of what's going on and, um, and your fears, your doubts, your uh, your prejudices, all, all this.
0: I mean, even just something as simple as how did a man sing about a woman, you know? Sure. But, yeah. you know, as a possession, as an object, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can see the evolution of that if you if you watch television, like a like an example would be like different strokes, where it's sort of like who will save two black orphans? I know a rich white man. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that must have been 1980. Yeah. I mean, you there, can yeah. tell, you can just sort of tell what's happening socially. It's a really interesting glimpse. Yeah. Um, and that kind of art, I mean, you know, is preserved through um it's like a time capsule where you get a chance to sort of see, I mean, whether you're talking about Picasso um, and my other thing with Picasso is he was such an asshole to women that it's sort of like, well, how do you appreciate the art? He was, he was, he was horrible. How do you appreciate the art and not be thinking in your brain, this guy was a dick to women, you know, and and you, and then it becomes, that's a whole other conversation of like separating the artist from the art. True. Yeah. I mean, do you do that? How do you do that?
2: I, I have no idea so <laughs> that's, that's a hard thing these days <laughs>
0: I know I know uh,
2: like as, especially I don't know especially with like how much people are getting into like the music industry is a really good example of how terrible people can be in the music industry um and like grooming and um uh. and, like going after younger like predatory men going after young women and I don't it's hard for me to uh, separate the art from the artist. Like if if I find something out about an artist, it's hard for me to not think they're an asshole. Um, I know. It's I, I don't know. It's 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 difficult for me. It's I don't. Yeah. It's it's a hard it's a hard thing.
0: It's hard. Like for me, like as like growing up in the Bay Area, as like a jittery Jewish kid, and I discover Woody Allen, and Woody Allen completely blows my mind and makes me realize like here's how humor can pick the locks of the world and here's how humor can get you the girl and here's how humor can get you acceptance that was always like how i'm one of those i understood the world through that that way woody allen's work hasn't aged well right Mm -hmm. i mean like you, you know at the time it didn't it didn't strike me as odd but it's like you shouldn't be going to the movies with Mario Hemingway in Manhattan. Like that's really disturbing, right? right? Whether whether yeah. what he did is true or not, that's still just not right. And um right. so that has been a real struggle for me of like the people who are important to me. How do you separate yeah. that that those are the artists and the art that I that I struggle with the most, where it's so profoundly important to you? You know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm trying to think if I've
2: I I i do not know. I'm trying to think if I've any like childhood heroes that have like had really bad things come out of about them. Like I, like one of my favorite guitars is like Stephen Stills. And I think I think everyone says that he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, I don't I mean I haven't heard any like crazy stories, but um it is tough and you like mentioned JK Rowling earlier. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know, like Harry Potter still a great story, but she maybe is a terrible person. I don't know. Like, right. It's, it's she hard. could be. Yeah. It's hard to, uh, I don't know. I think that's something that we're all kind of dealing with as a society at this point. Um, is how much power some people like entertainment can have and how terrible they can use that power. Um, and I think that understanding, I think like shedding light on that is helps people who will then get in positions of power to realize that that's not the way it should be. Um, so hopefully that's, hopefully this is all helpful. I, I, yeah. Uh, like hopefully this is all leading towards something better um, as terrible as the stories that are coming out. I think um, realizing and hearing those do lead to a hopefully progress and something better
0: your music is really powerful to me and it really affects me in a way that um it's nice they always say when you get older because I'm 51 and it's like your heart goes colder and like you your music reminds me my heart has not gone cold like I still (laughs) you know it does all the right things so that's amazing (laughs)
2: that's amazing yeah that's fantastic I I really appreciate that um yeah I'm really glad you found my music um and reached out and wanted to talk. Um, I think this has been fantastic conversations.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hope you'll come back yeah. on and, and talk more with me. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Any time. Guy, Gregory Ackerman. I really enjoyed that chat. Uh, GregoryAckermanmusic.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening in Gregory's world. His new album, Still Standing Still, is extraordinary. Get it, you'll love it. It'll bring you incredible joy and comfort. AlexGreenOnline.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with me. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Embers Editor, or follow me on Instagram, at Embers Podcast, or just email me, editor, at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Follow Bombshell Radio at BombshellRadio.com. Check us out. Find out what makes our radio station tick. Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you use, subscribe, you know the whole rate and review. Combo. We would appreciate both. And tell all your friends we'd appreciate that as well. I think that's all the businessy stuff I have. Let's close the show with a longer listen to Full Grown from Gregory Ackerman's new album, Still Standing Still. Enjoy it, and thank you as always for listening to Stereo Embers the Podcast, only right here on Bombshell Radio.
1: Could you be sad? why living your life on the road Cause I'm not one for quick goodbyes Never really did what I was told